Time for our Monday Mizzou Breakdown with James Carlton from Carlton State Farm Insurance. You know the drill. You call him, get a quote, a free quote, and he'll donate to the Tigers NIL Scholarship Fund, 961-4800, or on the web, it's carltoninsurance.net. And James, you're one of the most optimistic Mizzou fans out there. And as we sit at this bye week, 7-1, and one, Tigers are 16th in both of the polls. I got to say, they're probably a little ahead of your projections. Oh, yeah. If you would have told me 7-1 and one going into the bye week with everything still on the table, with an, probably the biggest road showdown that I can recall ever, particularly in November, this late in the season, I couldn't ask for anything more. And they take care of South Carolina sort of quietly. You know, I always critique the fact that they don't beat Kentucky regularly, and that kind of bothers me. But they dust off South Carolina pretty regularly. That's five in a row now in the Battle of Columbia. And I guess it's sort of quietly like, they just always beat South Carolina. Maybe we don't give that enough credit. Well, that, and they seem to always beat Arkansas as well. And it, it's just hilarious that there's so many SEC fans still 12 years after they joined the conference. It's still, ah, I don't think Mizzou belongs. And then there's teams like South Carolina and Arkansas that they continue to roll every year. Look at Spencer Rattler's two career games versus Mizzou. He very well could be a first-round draft pick. His two games uh, in his career versus Mizzou, 43 for 70 for 61%, 388 yards, which is 194 per game, zero touchdowns and two picks. I mean, Mizzou has certainly contained Spencer Rattler. And you're Mizzou coming off a thrilling road win at Kentucky. You've got momentum. Their team, their coach just broke his foot kicking a wall. So (laughs) what I wanted to see was Mizzou just kind of come out and foot stomp them early, and they did. It was like, don't give them any life at all. And it was just the perfect blueprint. But I also like the fact they just won two games back-to-back very different, where you started slow, in the hole, on the road, and you rallied to come back. And then the next one, you just hammer a team early and hang on. And I thought that was interesting. They'd won it in two different styles. I mean, that was an absolutely dominant first half of football. The only reason South Carolina even got on the board was a pretty blatant face mask or personal foul there on a long third down that gave them a first down uh, deep uh, into Mizzou's territory. But, I mean, Mizzou was just playing lights out. They did start three freshmen, South Carolina did, on their offensive line. So, you know, take maybe the defensive stats with a grain of salt, but what I was most impressed with was the offensive line. Only one penalty, and Cody Schrader had holes that you or I could have ran through. Uh, he had a great day again. The, the young man just continues to impress. But I'm trying to think of anything else that stood out to me that game. Um, Luther Burden had a great adjustment on that catch, on that touchdown, touchdown catch. It looked like, you know, kind of like what we talked about with the Cardinals back in those late afternoon games in the shadows, right? It's hard to pick up the ball. You could see that he just reacted at the very last second to make that catch, which was just a hell of an athletic play he had. I'm glad to see Mevis uh, had a pretty sound game. He was 2-for-2 on field goals with a 53-yarder and then 4-for-4 on extra points. So that was good to see. The defensive line, six sacks, eight tackles for a loss. Again, how much do you attribute to South Carolina starting three freshmen? Nonetheless, the last seven quarters, that defensive line – has been very disruptive, and so hopefully they can take that game uh, down to Athens here in a few weeks. And what I also liked to see on Saturday was Brady Cook was running like we saw him running prior to the Kansas State game, where he was running free with purpose. That was a great touchdown run he had there in the first half. So, you know, if you can get that that dynamic going as well, that Mizzou offense becomes even more difficult to stop. So it's not midpoint of the season, but it is the bye week. Good chance to kind of take stock of where we are. And the coach, I always call him that, but he's got a blueprint. He said, let's let's talk about the best offensive player so far, best defensive player so far. Just sort of some observations as we sit on the bye week. How about for you, best offensive player? Best offensive player so far. That's tough, right? There's been some really good breakout seasons so far. 
Uh, I think if, if I had to define it like this, if you were down one player, the offense would have the biggest drop-off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Brady Cook then. I think if you take Brady Cook off that offense, it has the biggest drop-off. And that's not taking anything away from the great eight games that both Luther Burden, Cody Schrader, Theo Weiss have had. But I, I feel like they can make up for those absences more than they could if Brady Cook couldn't suit up. So I'm going to go with Brady. Cook sitting at 70% completions, 15 touchdowns, three interceptions. How about the fact we don't mention Sam Horn anymore? How much did we say <laughs> in August, well, this Sam Horn, and I was one of those saying, you better get him some reps, you better have him ready, and – you always want to have a kid who's ready. I, I stand by that premise, but we haven't even whispered that name in like probably about a month and a half because Cook, as you pointed out, having a great year. And Cody Schrader is leading the SEC. I did a commentary on TV last night about him and because he had a great soundbite after the game where he said, listen, every time I run, I'm trying to prove I belong. I know I belong in the SEC. It was a great answer. And I thought, well, this is kind of fun. Local kid doing great. And I just wanted to augment my commentary a little bit, so I checked the stats. I didn't realize he was leading the SEC, which is just astounding. America's best college football conference. It's just a great story. It may be symbolic of a team that we, we thought. I mean, I thought, hey, they're okay. They'll have a decent year. Got some decent players. They'll be okay. And yet here they are excelling. And I think he's a good representation of that. And maybe that's a little collective chip on their shoulder down there. And he's another player that early on in the season, the most popular guy was the backup. They wanted to see the freshman from St. Mary's or the sophomore Tavares Jones, who was a highly touted recruit. And all Cody does is he's not going to give up that starting spot. He had every carry on Saturday, every single one. Yeah, that, that is a crazy stat. How about on defense? Are you going to go Abrams Drain? What's your pick? Again, if we define it as, okay, if we were down this player, the defense has the biggest drop-off. Yeah, I think I'm going with Chris Abrams-Drain. He's tied, excuse me, I butchered his name, Chris Abrams-Drain. He's tied for second in the country with four interceptions and second in the country with ten pass breakups. Number two, to put that in perspective, number two on Mizzou's team has five pass breakups. So he has doubled the amount of pass breakups that the second player has, which is Dalen Carnell. So I think he is the most important player on this defense right now, with some honorable mentions going to Johnny Walker and Darius Robinson. All right, and biggest surprise, I'm going to go with the fact that they're an offensive juggernaut as opposed to a defensive juggernaut. I think that narrative totally switched over the last couple of months. They're averaging 34 points a game. To me, that's the biggest surprise. Again, Brady Cook, Cody Schrader, you look at some of the towns, yeah, they'll be okay, they'll score some points. I didn't think they would be sort of driven by the offense. I thought it was going to be the defense. Yeah, and in particular on that offense, I think the biggest surprise for me so far this season is the offensive line. Brady Cook was sacked 35 times last season. He's been sacked 13 so far through eight games, which is on pace to be a 40% lower clip. Schrader averaged 57 yards per game last year. He's averaging 44% more yards per game at 101 yards per game. And now that the penalties seem to have subsided, the offensive line is my biggest surprise. And I'd give some, some honorable mentions to, to Speedy Johnson, Marquise Johnson, and Cody Schrader would be honorable mentions for, uh, for biggest surprise as well. You know, I was looking at Marquise Johnson the other day, 86th-ranked player, I think in the country, or maybe even in the – might even in the state of Texas. What I forget? But I was thinking, that's still really good. Like, if you're the top 100 player in the state of Texas, like, we, we quickly throw those numbers, oh, he's not a five-star. Oh, he, those are still, like, really impressive numbers. Like, honestly, if you're the top 100 in Texas, you're damn good, you know? I just think we get caught up in some of those numbers and how many stars. All of that said, 
On Wednesday, Ryan Wingo makes the announcement. Boy, a lot of momentum. It, it seems like Mizzou might be in the in the clubhouse here with the lead. I mean, you hate to jinx it or anything, but boy, this sure. could be. I, I Coach Carlton might be doing uh, backflips down uh, Lockwood <laughs> on Wednesday. <laughs> You know, to your point on Marquise Johnson, help me understand this. It's easy to nitpick, you know, now that um, he's 7-1. and one. He had three snaps on Saturday. If I look at his stats for the year, let's see, I had that here. He's averaging 30 yards per reception. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, just, just to have him as a decoy, right? Because, because everybody's going to think, oh, they're throwing deep, and they're going to have at least a free safety deep there or keeping an eye on him. I just don't understand why he's not out there more. I mean, he's proven that he can handle the spotlight making big-time catches. That, his first catch I ever saw him make was against Kansas State, and it was a monumental catch and not an easy one uh, in that game. So, surprised we don't see him more. And to your point on Sam Horn, you know, maybe he ultimately decides to play baseball, maybe he transfers, maybe he sticks it out, because Brady Cook is, certainly has another year of eligibility. But if you bring in Ryan Wingo, uh, which would which would add to Luther Burden, potentially Theo Weiss if he sticks around for another year. You have Joshua Manning that was a high recruit last year. Um, we, we still haven't seen a ton of uh, of Miller yet this year, but he was a highly touted recruit. And then they have uh, this young man out of the St. Aquin- Thomas Aquinas School down there in Florida. Um, they call him the president. What's his name? Uh, it, it doesn't matter, but he's another high, highly touted uh, wide receiver recruit. That's going to be a deep room. You would think that if they needed to in a pinch attract uh, a pretty desirable quarterback in the in the portal, with that wide receiver room, they should be able to do so. All right, how about a bold prediction? We're going to break down Georgia next week. We'll see how they do with Florida this week. I mean, they should dust them off, but it's a rivalry game, so we'll break down Mizzou, Georgia. The buildup for that's going to be immense. It's on CBS, of course, also here on KTRS 230 for that game on Saturday, November 4th, between the hedges down in Athens, Georgia. How about the final four games? Can I sell you on three and one? Are you going to get greedy? Sounds nice, right? To be ten and two, uh, you know, it, it just everything is still out there in front of them. Obviously, if that one loss is to Georgia, they have no chance of competing in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. If that is, you know, still on the table, they have to win in Athens. They have to, even if Georgia slips up against Florida, that tiebreaker would be too much to overcome. And so, before I give in, uh, give you my my bold prediction for the last four games, just a couple other interesting stats for your listeners out there: uh, three straight sellouts at home. That's a big deal. Points per game this year, 33.9. They averaged 24.85 last year. So that's nine points per game higher they're averaging this year. How about this? 16 rushing touchdowns so far this year, 17 passing touchdowns. That is balance. Um, let's see, Cody, Cody Schrader averaging 101 yards per game. You had mentioned Brady Cook completing 70, uh, 70% of his passes with 15 TDs and three picks. Luther, even after a quiet game against Kentucky, and maybe a quiet game for him uh, against South Carolina. He's still averaging 112 yards per game. We mentioned Marquise Johnson averaging 30 yards per reception on nine catches with three touchdowns. Mizzou has 25 sacks. They've given up 13. They're scoring 97% of the time in the red zone. And here's one I found a little interesting. Uh, The two quarters that close out their respective halves. In the second quarter, Mizzou is outscoring their opponents 89-30. to In the fourth quarter, they're outscoring their opponents 86-68. to so, you know, I, I like seeing that. They're, they're, they're closing out games rather strong. And uh, so my bold prediction here. Okay, so we, we've talked about this young man a few times. And I think, I think it's really going to break out here these next four games. Brett Norfleet, I think he becomes more of a focal point in the offense. If Marquise, Luther, and Theo continue to get the attention they deserve, Norfleet is going to be a big mismatch for linebackers and should have plenty of room on the middle of the field. He has one touchdown through eight games. My bold prediction is he ends the season with four. 
Wow. Bold prediction is about Brent Norfleet. I love it. The local kid, the big target. Let's get him the ball. I'm all on board. You going to Athens? You doing it? It's looking that way right yes. now. It's looking that way. All right, well, next week we'll break down George. In the meantime, folks need to call James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance, 961-4800, carltoninsurance.net. And it's real simple, James. What do they do? They call, they get a quote. What happens? Yeah, it's it's so simple. You can go to carltoninsurance.net, a couple clicks, and we can get you a price. You can call or text 314-961-4800. And, again, for any listeners out there, any quote, non-committal quote, you don't have to purchase anything, any quote, we'll donate $20 to NIL on your behalf you know, to help keep these these kids in state and keep this momentum going because, again, if they if they have things tip in their favor on Wednesday when uh, Mr. Wingo announces, that's two consensus five stars in this class, which has never been done before. So there's a lot of momentum out there. Let's keep it going. All right, good talk. We'll do it again next Monday. All right, thanks, Martin.